In Acts chapter number 3, we find the story of the healing of a lame man. It says in verse number 1, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the ninth, or sorry, at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, which is about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for an opportunity to listen to your word and to sing praises to you. Thank you for the connection that we have with one another and with you during this time. God, I pray that you would help us to understand a bit more about the supernatural world and what we can expect as believers. Lord, help me as I preach. Lord, help your word to go forth with power. Father, if there's someone here today that has never yet placed their faith and trust in Christ, God, I pray that you would help them to do that. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us in a very special way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Without the supernatural, the Bible would fall apart. From the very beginning, from the very first sentence in the Bible, Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It begins with the supernatural. It's filled with supernatural accounts of what God has done and what God has done through his servants. Prophecies are supernatural. Miracles of healing are supernatural. When we look at uh, the story of Abraham, as we did in the 10 o'clock hour, giving Sarah, who was 90 years old, and her husband, Abraham, 100 years old, a woman who had never had children before, giving her her son, at that age especially, that's supernatural. That is not something that can be explained by looking through a microscope and by observing the natural world. When we are talking about Jesus Christ and his virgin birth, that is supernatural. When we're talking about um, him coming from heaven, that is supernatural. When we look at his miracles, when he healed people, that was supernatural. When he fulfilled the many, many prophecies, that all is supernatural. When he died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead, 
That is supernatural. You cannot observe that in nature. Our position as Bible-believing Christians is that God is above the natural world. Typically, those who disbelieve in the supernatural look at what they can observe as the only source of what can be trusted or what is true and what is real. But God is above that. He created the natural world. I have a question for those who say they don't believe in the supernatural and they only believe in the natural. Why is the natural so predictable? Why are there laws that you can count on? I only believe in reason. Why is there reason? God is above reason. God created reason. God created science. That's why science is predictable. That's why your cell phone works and my cell phone works. That's why we can push send and the text message goes to someone across the world. Amen? Amen. That's why we can look at the ingredients of something in our food and we can say, well, that's good and that's good and that may not be so good, but it tastes really good. Right? We can look at the ingredients of something and we know it's going to do this or that for our body. Why does all of that work? Why is it so predictable? It's so, it's so interesting. We're about, to, we're about to celebrate Christmas and many of us will give gifts to one another and we get that gift and we're, we're so excited and it's wrapped in paper or maybe it's in a nice uh, gift bag with all of the, the stuffing, the, the beautiful tissue inside, right? We don't know what's inside. We just know, oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I think this is it. I don't know if you guys do this, but I, and April hates this, but I love, I'm not allowed to touch the presents. And I was never allowed to touch the presents as a kid either. Why? Because my mom knows that, and, and April does too, because this is just my nature. I want to guess it. You guys like that? If somebody hands you something, you want to feel it. That's a book. <laughs> right? They get upset if you guess it before you open it up. That's a tie. I mean, look, if it's, lo- if it's a long and skinny package and it's about yay long and it's about that wide, guess what it is? Most likely it's a tie. I wear ties, right? Uh, and I can always use another one. And so, and on and on it goes. You know, a big stuffy package. I'm guessing that's socks, right? Right? Or whatever it is. <laughs> I remember one time, well, my dad, obviously, I, I got this talent from him. Um, I remember I, I got my dad a gift when I was a little kid. And uh, it, was, it was something that was, you know, a predictable package. I can't remember, you know, it was, it was a, a, little, a little package in one of those clamshell plastic things. And I'm thinking, if I just wrap this up, he's going to guess this right away. And so it was a game for me to try to figure out how to wrap this to really confuse him. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember this. Some of you definitely are. But back in the day, the two liter bottles of Pepsi, the bottom piece was a separate piece from the top piece. They were glued together, right? The bottom piece, I think, was like a dark plastic and the top part was a a clear plastic. You guys remember this or am I the only one that remembers this? Okay, anyway, maybe that's just, (laughs) pastor, that's just where you lived or maybe it's all in your head. Okay, I get it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, So anyway, I, I figured out a way after we, you know, drank all the Pepsi, I saved one of those bottles and I popped the top from the, from the, from, from the bottom. And then I took the, the item and I wrapped it up inside and then I glued it back together. And then I wrapped that two liter bottle of Pepsi in, 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 in holiday wrapping. 
Of course he didn't guess it. It's impossible to guess it after that. And I'm like, yes, right? Here's the thing, when it comes to the supernatural or when it comes to the natural and, and people are trying to, they're constantly discovering things. Scientists you know, will say things like, well, if we don't understand it, then, then we, just, we just say that's the God equation or that's, that's, we're gonna blame that on God and, and God knows. But after they discover it, God didn't do that anymore. How silly it is, is it of us to think that when we unwrap a present, somehow that present put itself in that wrapping? And when scientists go out there, and I'm not a scientist, I don't pretend to be one, but when we discover something new, we are discovering something that's already there. Through the scientific process, we are unwrapping something and saying, wow, look at that. Look how that works. And we do this process and that process and it's repeatable. And I can share that and now I can get a big prize for it. Oh my goodness. Science is so amazing. But how silly of an ideological and really a philosophical leap of faith to say, I've discovered this amazing scientific treasure and therefore there's so, no, no supernatural. There's only things that I can discover. Who is the one responsible for putting all of these incredible gifts that we can discover through science? Where did the gifts come from? And that's where the supernatural comes in. Now, again, I'm not a scientist and I don't pretend to be. God's called me to study the Bible. But we have all of these gifts that God has given us. Oftentimes, evolution will blame or give credit to things and we say it supernaturally did this. God created this. And they will, they will give the same power and the same omniscience, knowing everything, right? And the same attributes of God. And they will ascribe that to evolution and say, well, evolution did it. Evolution did all of it. They will subscribe it to not a person like God, not a God that we worship and who created us. They'll give all that credit to evolution and to millions and billions of years instead of saying an almighty, all-loving God created this over a very, very short period of time. And so we, we believe in the supernatural. We believe in the supernatural. And every single story that we look at, we see in the Bible, we see a supernatural event. It says here in chapter number three, uh, let me read a few statements. Such statements such as evolution did this or that as if evolution knew these particular processes in the body or in the animal kingdom would be needed. They are more comfortable unbelievers, some unbelievers are more comfortable in evolution doing something supernatural though they relabel it. If God did it or if they say no, a supernatural, all-knowing, all-powerful God did that, then that would make them accountable to that God. But if a process did it over billions of years, they're not accountable to, to that process. If they are accountable to God, they would have to repent and trust Christ for salvation. Instead, they position themselves as God, as the top of the created order of creatures, 
and ascribe all wondrous hard to explain things as coming from, quote, evolution. This is far-fetched. Romans 1, 18 through 21. Look at these verses with me, please. Now, this is just a very, very touch, very, a very light touch on the study of science. I'm not a scientist. I can read that stuff, right? You can read books on apologetics. You can listen to. There's some very good YouTube channels out there that explain this stuff um, and, and go through these different things and these different arguments. And, uh, and I share just some of the arguments that make sense to me. Um, if somebody's mind is closed, it doesn't matter what you tell them. Okay, we have, we have to remember Jesus performed miracles in front of many people who chose not to believe him. Okay? So for some people, it doesn't matter what kind of evidence you present to them in their heart, their heart is hard and they have already decided I am not going to let this information change me. There's nothing we can do about that. Okay? Um, God has given us that, that, that individual soul liberty. However, if someone is willing to take a look at some of these arguments and some of the evidence, it will persuade them of the truth of God and of God's word. Romans 1, 18 through 21 says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. So first of all, we see that God has put in the heart of every, every person eternity. There is something inside of us that wants to reach out into eternity. We know that there is something great and large out there. And whether we are persuaded to believe something different, the Bible describes that um, God has put eternity in the heart of every single person in verse number 20 for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen the invisible things are clearly seen you see that in the verse the invisible things are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even what invisible things well, it gives the uh, gives a short list even his eternal power and godhead so that they are without excuse. God doesn't send people to hell who don't want to go there. God sends, God, they're already condemned. The thing is that God does not force someone to believe in him. I've, I've heard it explained this way. They say, well, how can a loving God send people to hell? Well, how can a loving God force people into believing in him who don't want to believe in him? How is that love? God is just giving them what they want. And it could very well be that once they are in hell and they experience the terrors of hell that the Bible describes, they still don't want any part of God. They are getting exactly what they want. 
Many people who have heard the truth and are unrepentant, they will not allow it to change their heart. They will not allow it to change their mind. It's not because God has not come to them and worked in them. God works in the heart of every person who's ever been born. These are invisible things that God created in in the heart of every one of us. They're invisible things. But it is the knowledge of his eternal power in Godhead. There is a great and powerful being out there that made me. Some people nowadays describe this as the universe. They just give that that, that, that name of the universe, or sometimes they call it an energy, or sometimes they call it the great spirit, or sometimes they just use the generic term of God. Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. We cannot talk to one person who does not have the supernatural knowledge in their heart. They may refuse it, they may cover it up, they may run away from it, but it's there. It's there. And so they are without excuse, the Bible says. Why? Verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Isn't it interesting that even secular therapists, non-believing therapists, recognize the power of gratitude? It takes you one step closer But to just send gratitude out into the universe, how silly is that? Let's be thankful to God. Let's be thankful to God. Be thankful to the universe, have a gratitude practice, and just I'm thankful for, thankful to who? When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Do we see that nowadays, guys? Every time we turn on the TV, every time we hear another explanation of what's going on, every time uh, one of these people opens their mouth, God deniers, so intelligent, but so foolish. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Look at this, verse 23. And changed the glory of the of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Nowadays, what most people's belief structure is, is humanism. Humans are the highest. Everything is based off of humanism. Okay? They've changed uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped, oh my goodness. It's, it's like you're reading scripture and it just clearly explains everything you see today. Mm-hmm. 
who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Here's the thing. If you want to have a dark heart, God will let you. If you want to deny the eternity in your heart, God will let you. If you want to go and live a corrupt and lustful life, running away from God, God will let you do that. But we are without excuse if we live that lie. The words that come out of your mouth, denying God and denying the supernatural, do not make it so. Just because you deny it doesn't mean that it's not true. The lengths to which some of these God deniers will go, in my mind, proves the existence of God. How many clubs do we have out there? And how many, how many haters of Santa Claus do we have? I deny that there's a Santa Claus and we have a club and we write books and we do podcasts. There is no Santa Claus or Easter Bunny. Oh, Pastor, I'm hearing this for the first time. If I'm breaking the news to you, I'm sorry. We don't have clubs and marches and for things that literally don't exist. Why do they work so hard to convince themselves and to convince others? They're trying to keep the faith. The faith there is no God but they cannot deny the eternity that's in their heart. Why are you so angry at a God that you don't believe in? Did you believe that God would do something supernatural for you and it didn't happen? Oftentimes their their doubt and non-belief and bitterness can be traced back to that very thing. We live in a supernatural world. We do. Not in the Disney version of Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo and little little sparklies that come out of sticks and not that kind of stuff, not the fairy godmother stuff. So what is the supernatural? Let's look at one more verse and then we'll get into a very quick list of the supernatural today. And this is not a conclusive list. You could probably think of other things, but let's just take a look for a moment. Let's go to uh, Hebrews, if you would, please. Hebrews 11, <laughs> verses 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews 11, verses 1, 2, and 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, through faith we understand. I like that phrase. Through faith we understand that the world's were framed, look at that plural, worlds, were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen 
were not made of things which do appear. Let me read that again. The things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. There is a God in heaven who by the word and the power of the word of his mouth spoke and created all of the natural world into being. The things that are seen were not made of things that do appear. You cannot trace the origins of this universe back to something from a microscope. You just can't do it. Why? Because it doesn't come from something that appears. It comes from God. God is the one who created everything. Christians have traditionally believed in the supernatural. There was a movement back in the uh, 1850s or so, and this is just kind of a broad statement where evolutionary theory began to work its way through the theological schools. And so many theologians began to deny the literal interpretation of the Bible. They began to deny the miracles. They began to deny the blood atonement. They began to deny the uh, bodily death of Christ on the cross and the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they began to deny uh, every miracle in the Bible. And some would try to go and look at small details and say, well, maybe it's just a myth or maybe it's just a, a story or maybe they're just embellishing or, or maybe this or maybe that. But they still try to kind of hold on to their belief in God in a very loose sort of way. And these things begin to kind of work themselves through back in the early uh, or the late 1800s and early 1900s. And out of that, because so many were graduating from these theological schools, particularly in Europe, and they were coming to the United States and Canada, one of the greatest, uh, well, in just a moment, um, I'll tell you. But uh, uh, so those who uh, chose to say, we still believe in the fundamentals of the faith. We still believe in, the, in, 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 in these necessary doctrines, these basic beliefs of Christianity, the ones that Christians have always held true, the ones that the Bible has always very clearly taught, we believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ, we believe in the blood atonement, we believe in the virgin birth, we believe in the literal interpretation of the Bible when it makes sense to do so, amen. We believe in the second coming of Christ, we believe it, and the list goes on and on and on and on. They call these beliefs the fundamentals, meaning if you take these beliefs away from Christianity, you don't have Christianity anymore. Amen. And those men across Canada and across the United States identified themselves as the fundamentalists. We're the fundamentalists. Okay? But that's where we come from as independent fundamental Baptists. Now, unfortunately, the word fundamentalist nowadays is kind of have a bunch of negative connotations to it for various reasons. Um, but we believe in the fundamentals of the faith. We believe in the supernatural miracles of what the Bible teaches. Yes, we absolutely believe in that. If God cannot raise himself from the dead, if God cannot create the world, if God cannot give a 90-year-old Sarah a, a son as he promised he would, how can he give me eternal life if I call upon his name? Amen. amen. It's okay to say amen out loud if you want to. That's fine. That's, that's, that's perfectly fine. Thank you, Brother Dan, and others who do that. I know you guys do. And so we can see here in our story 
Let me check on my time. Oh, we have lots of time left. Praise the Lord. We're going to briefly go through the story and then I'll give you the, the, the very short list, okay? Let's go with uh, Acts chapter number three. A few statements. Some people say nothing is supernatural. The second group says everything is supernatural. Everything is spooky. There's a spirit behind everything. There's this thing nowadays young people are very much into called manifesting. I don't understand all of what they're trying to say, but it's like you can kind of like speak your dreams and you kind of work it. And then, and then all of a sudden it's just, and then it happens to you. And now you're living your dream. You've manifested your dream. Okay. Uh, that is not biblical. <laughs> we call it praying to a God who loves you. And if he says no, then the answer is no. Uh, there's no amount of energy that you can get that's going to manifest your dream. All right? That sounds like, wow, what, whatever. But it's very popular online nowadays, okay? Anyway, we don't believe in that. Uh, number three, scripture defines what is supernatural. We don't get to say, this is supernatural, that's supernatural, uh, this is the way it's supposed to happen, I'm in control. No, God is the one that defines what is supernatural. We're going to trust him for the definitions. We're going we're gonna to trust him to define what we can expect as a supernatural result of our faith. Peter and John, they just had 3,000 saved in Acts chapter two. We went through that story. Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. Perhaps you've seen this in some places. Um, you know, uh, when we lived in Nepal there for seven years, they would there would be beggars. There would be people who had handicaps of various types and they would come and they would sit at the temple because people would live close to the temple hindu temple or buddhist temple in that country and and they would come in and, and that was i mean they they don't have any kind of programs from the government to help them with their condition and uh, and such and so forth and so we can see something similar to that here where a certain man was lame from his mother's womb and he was carried um, and so there were those who carried him every single day, the Bible says, and they laid daily at the gate of the temple. So they had an opportunity to ask alms um, and, and so that people would give some money to him so that he could survive. This thought occurred to me when we're talking about the supernatural. When we talk about the supernatural occurring in our life, the timing belongs to God. Now you think about this just for a moment. Jesus, for 33 and a half years, went to this temple and walked past this man. And if you're praying, I'll go ahead and give you the list. That way we can uh, focus on that. It's not, it's not difficult. It's not, it's not going to blow your mind. This is how we see the supernatural today. We respond to what God is doing in our life. He's working in our heart right now. The circumstances you find yourself in right now is God working in your heart, moving you to faith and trust. That is supernatural. That is not, cannot be explained by the natural world. It is supernatural. Supernatural today, we must repent and accept Christ as our savior. It is supernatural for somebody to be brought to that decision and for them to be willing to accept it. It's your choice, but it cannot be explained naturally. It is supernatural. When we live by faith and we see God bless the decisions that we make based on scripture, 
That is supernatural. Again, this is not, this is not a beam of light coming from my finger and cooking my food. Amen. Okay. The Marvel comics and the DC comics, and I don't know the difference and I don't care. Oh, pastor, let me explain it to you. Don't care. Some of you are like, what are Marvel comics and DC comics? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about right there. But they've given us this version and I'm not preaching against it. I'm just trying to say, this is kind of our connection to the supernatural. They've got like these, they've got these superpowers because they're superheroes. They're not heroes, they're superheroes. Right? And they have shields and hammers. And I throw my hammer and it comes back. And it's really heavy and only I can pick it up. Okay, Mickey Mouse, good job, buddy. His name's Thor, by the way. Whatever. The thing is, we've got an idea of what the supernatural is supposed to be. And so, listen... When we have faith in God and it doesn't work out that way, we think somehow it doesn't work. Come on now. So then we start looking around at other religions. Maybe I should get some prayer beads and maybe those prayer beads will help me out. I'm being silly. But I'm not being silly. Well, I've seen other people and they burn incense and maybe I need to start burning incense and maybe that'll, maybe I'll get some powers that way. Come on. And then you have people that say, I'm spiritual, but I don't really, I don't really follow any kind of, you know, organized religion. They say it in those words. Oh, so you follow unorganized chaos then. Is that how it works? Come on now. So what can I expect from God? If I pray, uh, oh, I know, I'll just, I had somebody do this to me when I was in Bible college. The dude, the dude was nuts. He came up to me and he's like, oh, I heard this thing about prayer. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to pray for you and hold your palm over my hand. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm thinking, I'm curious. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> right? And he's, he's holding, he's holding, he's holding his hand over my hand. You feel that heat? I'm like, I feel the weirdness. <laughs> Guys, listen, as human beings, we're desperate for the supernatural. The natural world is cruel. Amen. I just found out a good friend of mine that I've known for years, younger than me, found out he, he's got cancer. I'm trying to think of the kind. I think colon cancer. Just found out like two days ago. The natural world is cruel. We are desperate for the supernatural. But we have to make sure that our faith in the supernatural is what God describes. And that way our faith and trust is in a loving God who who, who cares for us. And that our hope is not shaken. Prayer is not something that we can just throw a prayer at like it's some kind of a... uh, Like it's some kind of a... uh, uh, I, don't, I can't even think of the word. Some kind of a mantra or some kind of a uh, the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo thing. What do they call that? A spell, thanks, yeah. Uh, like some kind of a spell. Somebody watches the Disney Channel. Uh, like, you know what I mean? 
It's like, oh, I prayed and it didn't work, so I don't really know if the supernatural exists. I prayed and it didn't work, and so I don't know if I can really depend on God. I prayed and it didn't work, or I, I tried to obey that Bible verse and it didn't actually work out the way I thought. And so maybe the supernatural doesn't work. And I, but then other people, man, everything they see is supernatural. <gasps> when I walked in that building, oh my goodness, the cold breeze. And people can get so weird. Bro, the air conditioning was on. That's why you felt the cold breeze. That wasn't a spirit. Right? We have to understand, first of all, the timing of when something happens. God is involved in the timing. If you're going to pray, God is involved in the timing of that prayer coming Coming to pass, pray believing, be filled with the Spirit. God is involved in working in your heart. God is involved in working in your life. God is involved in that person that you're praying for, that you want them to get saved. God is involved in the timing. Jesus walked past this person for years and did not heal him. But being the incarnate Son of God, knowing your time is going to come. Some people never got healed because it wasn't God's plan. We have to understand that when it comes to the supernatural, there is a God in heaven that holds the natural and supernatural in his hands. It is not something that we get some some kind of prayer beads or some kind of spell or some kind of uh, 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 magic little coin that we put in our pocket or or we wear a special hat, a, a hat that's been blessed or something that's been up on the tallest mountain in the most spiritual place in the... We get so weird as human beings. These are my lucky, this is my lucky tie. And when I preach, everybody gets saved. No, they don't. The point I'm trying to make is that we cannot invoke and force God's hand into doing the supernatural. He is God Almighty. The supernatural is from him. He decides. And he has not decided for us to show others that they must believe in Christ by us praying in a beam of light shooting out of our finger. That is not the kind of supernatural that he has chosen as we've been studying on Wednesday nights. It's by the foolishness of preaching that he saves them that believe. We see a couple of people here in our story. We see Peter and John. Notice how God used them to see this man raised. He was lame from his mother's womb. And for this particular time period, they were apostles and they had this very, very special, limited, one-time-only or one-time-period-only gift of healing. And they were able to go and take this man by the hand and raise him up once again. Who is the one that holds that kind of timing and power? God is the one that determines that kind of healing power. We have prayer, but that kind of gift of healing does not exist anymore, my friends. Anybody who tries to tell you any different is trying to sell you something. Amen. 
but I have a friend and I want to go and I think it'll work. Look, your faith is more important. And by the way, your faith is more fragile than you think it is. That's why our, our faith and hope must rest in God and in the scriptures. The supernatural. We see Peter, we see John. We see the one who was carried. We as workers of Christ, like Peter and John, we've got to trust in the God that performs supernatural things. What happened yesterday, my friends, was supernatural. Amen. <laughs> it didn't rain. It was supposed to rain. It rained at eight. We packed up at seven and we all left by about 7.30, 7.40. And then it rained hard. And you know what the skeptics will say? That was a coincidence. Really? Really? It's not a coincidence. My God did that for us. Prayer works because prayer is praying to a supernatural God. God is bigger than cancer. God is bigger than the political problems. God is bigger than the relationship problems. God is bigger than the, than, the, than the financial problems. God is bigger 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 than your relationship problems. Well, you don't know so-and-so. My friend, you don't know my God. Have faith in God. He's bigger than us. And Jesus walked by this man time and time again, knowing his time would come. You think, well, I don't know about the supernatural because it hasn't happened yet. Maybe the timing isn't quite ready yet for God to answer that prayer. Keep praying. Have faith in God. Don't give up. We see this man. This man was carried every day at what age he started to be carried to the temple to ask for alms. We don't know. There are some of us who carry people. The weak children are carried. There are those who are emotionally weak, spiritually weak. Perhaps their mental health is weak. And those of us who God has blessed to be a bit stronger, we help the weak. Those who carry, oh man, I heard a sermon one time about those who carry. Those who have the compassion to see the weak and that they need to be daily gone after and picked up and carried. Those of you who are the stronger in the relationship, those of you who think I can't do it anymore, you need supernatural help, my friend. If you keep looking to your own strength, you're not gonna make it. You need something bigger than you to be the mom that you're supposed to be to be the dad you're supposed to be, to be the single adult in this world that you're supposed to be, to be the grandparent you're supposed to be, to be the Christian you're supposed to be, to be the pastor you're supposed to be. My friend, we need something bigger than us. Amen. And the supernatural took a job away from those who carried this man. They showed up. Where's he at? Oh, he's in the... Hey, by the way, the supernatural allows somebody to worship who wasn't allowed to worship. This man was lame from his mother's womb. He couldn't walk. He was not allowed to go in the temple and worship. 
Those of us who have experienced the supernatural power of God because we believed on him and we prayed, we've trusted his word, we've experienced his grace and his mercy in our life, my friends, like this man, it ought to drive us to worship the one who has brought us that supernatural healing. This man, as soon as he was, as soon as he was healed, he stood right up. He didn't run off to get a job. He didn't run off to make money. He didn't run off to find a girlfriend. He didn't run off to buy a house because he never had one. He didn't run off to finally buy and drive a car or a motorcycle. Praise God for motorcycles. He didn't, hey, hey, he didn't have a bucket list. Hey, if I ever get my strength back in my legs, I'm going to do this and that or another. As soon as he was raised up, he says, I'm going into the temple and worship the God who gave me this supernatural healing. And my friends, sometimes God does not answer your prayers because you intend to use the answer for yourself. As soon as he gives me my strength back, I've got a list of where I'm going to go and what I'm going to do, and none of it involves God. I'm almost done. James 4, verses 1, 2, and 3. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Using your own power, using your own strength, you're fighting, you're scrapping, you're arguing, manipulating, you don't have because you're not asking. Then he goes on to say, verse three, you ask and receive not. Oh, that's because God's supernaturally unable. No, no, no. He knows our hearts. Now there's no perfect heart. Thank God for that. There is his grace, but he does know what we would do with the answer. If he gave us the supernatural answer, you ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. We will begin to see more supernatural things if we are most interested in God getting the attention and the glory. By the way, and not in one of these phony baloney uh, NFL football players, oh, you know, uh, I just scored a foot, I just scored, I just scored, I just scored a touchdown. Glory to God. Go to church on Sunday. Bless God. That drives me insane. You're making $40 trillion a year. You want to point to the sky. Meanwhile, you live like the absolute devil. Now, some of them don't. But some of them do. They run around with every girl that comes their way. They drink. They do drugs. They live a horrible, vile, and wicked life. And because it's somewhat popular nowadays... You run into the end zone with millions of people watching you and point to the sky and somehow you're giving God his due. Oh my goodness, puke in a sack. That is disgusting. God finds that kind of behavior absolutely abhorrent. We're doing it for ourselves. What about if God told you, you know what? I've given you the ability to play football, but I don't want you to play football. I want you to go be a missionary over yonder, like some others that have that kind of testimony. Pastor, you're getting wound up. I'm getting wound up. We'll conclude the message. How to experience the supernatural today? I'll just read through these points. 
What is God doing in your heart and life right now? What questions do you have? What questions do you have? What, what doubts do you have? God is trying to bring you into further faith. Respond to what he's doing in your life. Grow. Well, I've always done it this way. Maybe you should try a new way. Do it his way. Allow him to grow you in grace. Get saved. There is nothing more supernatural than God changing the heart of somebody and changing the life of somebody who's willing to come to him in humble faith in Christ. Humble faith in Christ. Have you, have you been saved? Have you had your sins forgiven by trusting Christ as your personal savior? It's life-changing. You experience the supernatural peace of having your sins forgiven. Know, believe, and practice the scriptures. You want to see supernatural? Take the Bible as a prescription book. God, show me what to do. It's not just about the knowledge. It's about God showing you what the next step is to practice. Pray in faith. Are you praying? Are you praying expecting? Friends, we have more expectation out of Amazon. Or as my British friend says, Amazon. That's not the right way to say that. I keep telling him, there's no I in the, in the end of that, bro. We, we have more expectation out of Amazon package arriving on time than we do in praying to a loving and holy God. Pray in faith. Yield to the Holy Spirit. That kind of circles back up to the first point. What is God doing in your heart? What does he want you to do? God wants to grow you. God has great plans for you and for your future. But they're in his hands. And he wants us to yield to him and respond and to do it for his glory. Everybody bow your heads, please, and close your eyes.